0: Been, they've been practicing in front of us, and today was the was the big thing. That was that was that was the finish today. But if you all want to keep practicing next week, you can keep practicing next week and the next week and the next week. You That's beautiful. All right, turn in your Bibles today, Romans chapter number twelve. We finally get to this particular passage that I've. Been studying through this uh, doctrine, what the Lord teaches us concerning forgiveness, and we, we, and my whole intention all along was to get to chapter number twelve. And I've had more fun studying the other descriptions of forgiveness that the the Word gives us uh, than I had with this one, because this one's a little harder. It's not. The, the the descriptions that we've looked at from the other passages from Ephesians four, Ephesians five, Colossians chapter two, those particular ones that we've looked at, the the scripture is in reference there to us as God's people, to us as a church, and how we we as Grace Baptist Church interact with one another and and forgiveness that we're to have one for another, and that kind of forgiveness that's. As hard as it is, that's the easy kind. Okay? It's hard to forgive. It just is. We're people. We get hurt. We get mad. People say the wrong things. We do, we, they, they, they don't interact with us like we expect them to interact with us. And, and we can get hurt. And our feelings can get hurt. And they say the wrong thing. And, and, and sometimes we'll say the wrong thing. And so forgiveness gets hard even for the children of God between each other. But it is this forgiveness that Paul is writing to us here about in chapter number 12 of Romans that is truly a display of supernatural Christianity. That truly requires, true, it all requires the power of the Spirit of God. Our lives require the power of the Spirit of God, but we see it clearly in this Teaching that Paul gives us here in this passage. Beginning, look with me, beginning in verse number 17. He says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lies in you Live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer again this morning. Our Father in heaven, we thank you again for this day. We thank you, Father, for your great grace. We thank you, Father, for your goodness and mercy to us. We thank you, Father, that you've allowed us... Another time that we can be together in your house this morning. There's some that are out from us today for differing reasons. We just pray that you'd be with each one, that you give them what they have need of this day. Help us, Father, as we've met together, that in all that we do, would be for your glory and for your honor. And we pray, Father, that you'd help us to worship you in spirit and in truth this day. Father, forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our many failures, Father, Ever draw us closer to you that we might be found faithful servants for thy name. We desire, Father, to shine forth your light. We desire to be witnesses to those around us. We desire, Father, that Christ Jesus might be seen in our daily lives. Help us, Lord, that we would shine forth Christ to all those that we come in contact with each and every day. Help us now as we look to your word. Teach us by it, Father, we pray. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Now, go back over to verse number 9 and look with me here in this passage. Paul here, in verse number 9, all down through verse number 16, he gives us a list here of 22 things. And these, these things that he lists here for us are how we are to behave toward each other the love that we are to have for one another, the forgiveness we are to have for one another. Much the same list that we looked at in Colossians, the same list that we looked at in Ephesians, and the same list we find in Galatians and 1 Timothy and 1 and 2 Thessalonians. These lists Paul gives throughout his writings as he's speaking to these different churches. And we see here as he gives this list, he look with me, verse 9, he says, "...let love..." Be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor, preferring one another. Preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving The Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality, bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind, one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. And so Paul gives us this listing of how we are to behave toward one another, toward the world. How we are to live our lives. And it would do us good to go through this list of 22 things that Paul lists here for us and just check ourselves on them. Is this this an an important distinction in my life? Is this something that I'm concerned about? Is this something I'm aware of in my life each and every day? Are these things that I am striving for? Let me make it easy for you. Let me make it easy for you. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You focus on those two things, you'll do all these. If those two things, if those two laws, if those two commands are the direction of your life, if that's how you set yourself each day to love the Lord with all that I've got and to love my neighbor as myself, if I do those two things, all these things will be wrapped up in those. So that should be the direction. That's the simplicity of the direction of our lives each day. That's the simplicity of how we are to serve our Lord each and every day. Those two commands... And then all of these others will fall right in line with those two. But then Paul comes to verse 17. And this is where it gets hard. Because this comes into the second command, to love thy neighbor as thyself. And the Lord left the definition of neighbor wide open. We like to think of Mr. Rogers. Or we like to think of the person that's next door to us. But we don't necessarily want to contemplate the vastness of the definition the Lord made for us about neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Whoever you come in contact with. Whoever, whoever you come in contact with. Whether they are friendly, whether they are nice, whether they are a child of God, whether they are a fellow servant of the Lord, or whether they are the meanest, absolutely worst person that you would ever want to be around, whether they are lost and undone and hate you. You still are given the command to love then. And that's hard. This is kind of a, I was hesitant to tell it, but it illustrates the point well. I knew of a man that would go every morning and defecate on his neighbor's front porch. This is where this becomes supernatural. <laughs> he says, verse 17 recompense to no man evil for evil, provide things honest in the sight of all men. The word recompenses renders to give or return evil for evil. Somebody gives, does something evil to you. Somebody does something mean to you. Somebody does something against you. It is it is natural for us to get them back. You hit me hard. I'm going to hit you just as hard. That's what I mean. You play at that when you're kids. Especially boys. Play at that. You hit one another and the next person is going to punch and see if they can hit harder. And then you get into a contest. And you punch and punch and punch and punch until somebody finally gives up and says, Alright, that's enough. I don't want no more. We, we always are trying to one up. But especially, especially when it's in response to somebody's evil against us. Matthew chapter 5 here in the Sermon on the Mount the Lord says here in verse number 39 Matthew 5 and verse number 39 he says but I say unto you that ye resist not evil but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek turn to him the other also we naturally want to act From the concept of the law. The law says an eye for an eye. A tooth for a tooth. Skin for skin. As Satan would use in the terms of Job. But this is for government. That's what God established that for. This is to ensure justice is done in the land. It's to ensure justice is done among the people in society. That's its purpose. And when one hurts us, when one comes against us, we can call attention to authorities. We should call attention to the authorities to ensure that justice is done. We have every right to defend ourselves. We have every right to defend ourselves, to defend our family. We have every right to do that. But Paul is talking here from the perspective of just you and me. One doing against us. The word render is to to think or meditate beforehand. To think or meditate beforehand. In other words, We, as God's people, need to have a settled plan in our mind that if somebody comes against me in this way, this is how I'm going to respond. That we're not acting out of emotion, but rather acting out of discipline, acting out of principle. And that's hard for us to do. Because boy, oh boy, don't emotions run high, especially in a situation like this, where someone is doing evil against us. Now again, Paul is, uh, I don't want to say what Paul is, is saying or not saying here, we still have a right to defend ourselves and we should defend ourselves if somebody's coming against us. That's... But Paul's talking about those that are, are, are enemies, particularly to the gospel, maybe where we can't, we don't have an ability to defend ourselves. We're still not to trade evil for evil. We're to be shining the light of Christ in every situation. He says, recompense no man evil for evil. But he says, provide things Provide things honest in the sight of all men. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 21. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse number 21. He says the same thing. Thing here, verse verse twenty one, providing for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Providing things honest, providing those things that are beautiful, those things that are comely in conduct, and how we behave toward this old wicked world. So that when the world sees our conduct, it would be such a stark difference from the world that Christ would shine through it. To the point even that others, as Paul is speaking here, would approve. That others would say, yeah, it's, man, look at that. And even admire those things honest now we don't do it we don't do it for others to think well of us but rather we do it for Christ that's what we do it for we do it to glorify him we do it to honor him verse 18 he says if it be possible if it be possible as much as lieth in you, Live peaceably with all men. Now, I like that Paul put that proviso in there. If it be possible, there are some people that do not want peace. There are some people that live their lives in a state of chaos and it is in that chaos that they find comfort. It is in that chaos that they feel normal. It is in that chaos that they they feel like that's where they belong and they simply cannot have peace. They don't want it. But as much as we can, as much as is in us, live peaceably with them. Live peaceably with them. So you gave you the story of the neighbor letter a minute ago. Live peaceably with as much as you can. Live peaceably with them. As much as you can muster in yourself. Again, not everyone wants peace, but it is in Christ, it is in Christ that we have peace. It is in Christ that we have calm in our souls. John chapter 14 and verse number 27. John 14 and verse number 27 The Lord says here as He's teaching His disciples on the night of His arrest, as He's about to go to the cross for us, He says here in verse 27, Peace I leave with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace, He says, I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have peace in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it is a peace, as the Scripture tells us, that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense to the world. Sometimes it don't make sense to us. But it's peace that we have in Christ Jesus Lord. It's the peace that we have. That we have in our hearts and in our spirits. We trust Him even in these times when, when the world is coming against us, when our enemies are, are acting out in such a way to disturb that peace. We have that peace. We have that peace in the Lord Jesus. John 16 and verse 33. He says, there are these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. You might have peace. In the world, he says, this goes exactly to what Paul was saying in our text, in the world ye shall have tribulation. There will be trouble. There will be problems. There will be struggles. There will be enemies that will come against you. You shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. This is where we have the peace. Because he has overcome the world. He said, I have overcome the world. So we're following this one who has conquered it already. And our enemies rising up, our enemies bringing attacks, people trying uh, to to interrupt that peace that we have. We are to be in a state, we are to be in a constant of the reality that we have peace in the Lord Jesus, and it is because. Of him being the conqueror. That we can have that peace. He's already won. He's already won. Romans 5. And verse 1. Therefore being justified by faith. We have peace. With God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace. Peace. And so, Paul says in our text, live in peace. As much as, 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 as if it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Therefore, when others without Christ have no peace inwardly. And it may at times be hard because they have no peace inwardly. It may be at times hard for them to have any peace outwardly. These are those that can't stand their neighbors, that can't handle the people they work with. Their their own inner turmoil gets transferred to everyone around them. And because of the unrest, the chaos that they feel in their own lives, they transfer it to everybody else. Well, so it's your fault that I feel this way. And it's your fault that this has happened. It's your fault that I, I feel this way right here. It's your fault that, I, that I'm that i hurting right now. It's your fault that I have this chaos in my life. And they transfer it to everybody else. It's in those times when we are called to continue to be peaceful. To be peaceful, to display that peace of the Lord. It may be so bad that we get to a place where we have to, and I think that's what Paul said, that we just simply cannot have interaction with them. we get to a place where listen, if I if I if I'm interacting with that individual, if I interact with that neighbor when they are in that state I'm not going to be able to have peace. And so as much as is in you pause it live peaceably with all of you. Live peaceably. But when we have to when we are forced to have that interaction let the peace of Christ shine through you. Let His peace shine through you. Now, you say, you probably got somebody in mind. (laughs) There's probably somebody right now you're thinking, you might have a list right now that you're thinking of. And you're saying, preacher, I can't do that. You you don't know them dummies. You don't know what pain they caused me. And I say, I understand perfectly well. (laughs) Because I've got that list of dummies too. This is the reason... (laughs) This is the reason this is supernatural that Paul is teaching us here. I can't do it. You can't do it. Now, granted, God in His grace has maybe given us gifts yes, that some people are better at it than others, but there's a cutoff point. There's, there's a limit of our patience. There's, there's a limit where we finally rise to that we say, I can't do it anymore. And the Lord knows our limits. He knows our limits. He knows, he knows where we can't go beyond. He knows what He's graced us with. He knows what He's gifted us with. He knows knows how far that we can go. And to make us what He would have us to be, He often allows just beyond what He knows we can't handle. Now why would He do that? Why would he allow that to stir up our discomfort? Why would he allow that to, to bring that flare up of my emotions? Why would he why would he allow that that struggle, that problem to be placed there? Because he is ever, ever teaching us, ever teaching us. That I, that you have to have him to live. Amen. We don't do life on our own. We don't do it in our own. We we try. We try to do it in our own power. We try to do it in our own strength. Yes, we we, we think we've got it. We think we've got it together. We think we can, we can make it through. But the reality is we can't. We don't, we don't have that ability. And so what He teaches us in these experiences, what He teaches us in these everyday interactions is that I need Him for everything. That I have to hold on to Him. He tells me. He tells us to abide in Him. And He tells us plainly, Without me ye can do nothing. And so every day, knowing what could come our way, We need to begin our day. Lord, I need you. Hold me. Hold me today, Lord, as I hold on to you. Because we can't do this in this flesh. We can only do this in Christ. Now notice. Go through two verses. Notice verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. But rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Now... Understand, understand, God sees it all. And there is, when someone does evil against us, as He spoke of there in verse number 17, when evil is done against us, He says, do not recompense, do not give back evil for evil. Don't return that to them. But He's not saying He's going to let that evil slide. Don't misunderstand here. Don't misunderstand what God is declaring about evil here. What He's telling us here in this very next verse is He's telling us here in verse 19, I'm going to take care of it. I'm I'm going to make sure justice is done. And He will not let evil go unpunished. He will take care of it. So when when He's telling us not to render evil for evil... When He's telling us to forgive, when He's telling us to do good, He's not saying He's not going to take care of it. He's telling us, rather, trust Me. Trust Me, I'll handle this. I'll handle this. Why is that important? Because I don't know what God has in store for that one that's coming against me. I don't know what he's going to work in that individual's life. I don't know what he's even going to do in mine. And what he's working in my life. So it goes back to what we were talking about on Wednesday night. We have to trust him. We have to submit ourselves to His direction. We have to submit ourselves to His will. We have to stop and say, okay, Lord, I don't understand what's going on here, but I know Your will will be done and I'm going to trust You. Trust Him. Believe Him. He will work His justice. I love reading those stories. The remarkable thing. Absolutely remarkable thing of God's people being persecuted by persecutors that are bringing these charges against arresting them, beating them, putting them in prison, even to the point of killing them. And in the process, in the process, the persecutors see the light of Christ and the very ones they are persecuting. And God in His grace gloriously saves even the persecutors Amen. the story is given us of Andrew one of the Lord's apostles that was taken before a tribunal to 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 receive a death sentence and he was being witnessed against by uh, uh, one uh, a persecutor one that, that that actually knew him well and and could speak to speak to his 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 many uh proclivities toward the Lord his love for Christ Jesus And he gave this one gave the testimony against Andrew. Andrew, standing before the tribunal, preached the gospel of Christ to them and told them exactly what Christ Jesus had done for him and who Jesus was. And he proclaimed that gospel to them. And after he got through proclaiming the gospel, the very accuser that was standing there with him that had brought these accusations against Andrew turns to Andrew and says, Forgive me, brother, for what I have done. And he turned to the tribunal and said if you're going to kill him for loving Christ, you'll have to do the same thing. <laughs> he was saved right there. Amen. Next to Andrew. We don't know what the Lord's going to work. We don't know what he's going to do. I heard somebody just say this week, that's one of the remarkable things about heaven as we'll get there and there will be martyrs in glory rejoicing at the salvation of their persecutors. Can you imagine the other people when Paul walked through the gate? You sure you're in the right place? We don't know what God's working. We don't know what He's going to work. He will have His justice. He will make all things right. But even when we don't see it, even when we really, really want to help Him, and boy, do we want to help Him. Lord, I'll take care of this one. I've got this, Lord. Trust Him. He knows what He's doing. He knows exactly what He's working. Every, this is what's hard for me to r- recognize so often. He works every detail. Every detail. Doesn't miss anything. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Verse twenty He says, Therefore. This is where it gets hard. Not just, not just don't do evil back. But if he hungers, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heat coals of fire on him. Now that does not mean that does not mean <laughs> oh, I'm going to do good to you, and that's going to burn you up. Not what he's saying. Rather, what he's saying is that in our good towards them they're going to feel the guilt and the shame for how they've treated you. They're going to feel that heavy-handed conviction that comes from the Lord in how they have treated you. And it's going to be hard for them to escape that reality, to see that stark difference. This is where, again, it the, the supernatural nature of this is so clearly seen. Do good. Do good for your enemy. In the heat of the moment, this is not what comes to mind. When the wrong thing is said, when the evil is done. This is not what pops up. But it goes back to why he says render, that word render again. We need to have it settled in our minds. It needs to be the principle of our lives. That, That we're not controlled by our emotions in the moment, but rather, all right, Lord, I need you here. I need your help here. Help me, Lord, to do as You've called me to do. And trust Him. Trust Him. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. No matter how the world behaves, no matter how evil they may be toward us. We are victors in Christ Jesus. We fight battles every day. That He's already won. He's already won. And so Paul says, be not overcome weak. Don't let evil control us. And if you give it place, it will. It will control you. If you give it a place, if you give it an option, it will control you. Rather, Paul says, overcome evil with good. God has saved you to be an overcomer. Not to be overcome by your own sin, but to overcome even the sin of this world. But in order to do that, we have to trust God with all of ourselves. We must trust Him to work We must trust Him to do what He says He will do. And realize we can't handle it ourselves in our own strength or in our own wisdom. But rather, trust God. If He bore for you the punishment of your sin. If He bore for you that heavy weight that you could not bear yourself, if He bore for you that, know that He can take care of every single offense, every single hurt, every single evil that will ever come your way. He's going to take care of it. He has it. He's a big God. He's a big God. And He has all power, all power, even to heal and restore you from every pain, from every evil. Trust Him. Trust Him. Hold fast to Him. Because it's only in Him that we are able to live the way He has commanded us to live. Trust Him. Trust Him. Let's all stand. Brother Gordon, did you bring us a song?